your destination. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast. This is episode number 40. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I are going to talk about freeze drying. I just got a new freeze dryer. It's something I've been wanting to do to add to my food preservation toolbox, so to speak. And I've, got, I've been learning a lot. I'm just processing my first batch. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get rolling, you can hear us on Anchor FM. From there, they'll send you over to Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, to name a few. But don't forget, please, to support our show directly over on the Anchor page, and that will really help us out. You can also follow this show on Facebook.com forward slash Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y, prepper. You can also reach out to us on that page or my website, SuzanneCSherman.com. And from there, you can read my published articles as well as blogs on preparedness and self-reliance. We have a suggested reading page. So if you want to help us out there by using our Amazon affiliate links, we have some great reading material. Speaking of suggested reading, the Lost Frontier Handbook is available in the printed copy. If you go to LostFrontierHandbook.com, you can take up some of their amazing bonus material offers. I highly recommend you do so. The Lost Frontier Handbook, Learn the Ways of the Pioneers. It is your ultimate guide to self-reliance. So Jeff, I'm having fun with this freeze dryer as you've been hearing my progress on the way. Uh, it's great to see you today. I'm glad that we can take some time to just do kind of an introduction. I've been getting a lot of questions. Well, why did you want to freeze dry as opposed to dehydrate? And I thought we'd just do an introductory show about what we're learning so far and where we plan to go with this and why freeze drying is good. So, uh, Jeff, you've been getting into some canning. I remember we did our Facebook Live with you learning how to pressure can. Our good friend uh, Andy Avery's been doing some pressure canning as well. And it's really fun to see people get into this and, and getting back to us and sharing pictures of things we're doing. And I'm really enjoying the process. How about you? Oh, I am too. I really need to uh, do something. I'm I'm going to be... Uh, overrun with some tomatoes here before long so i'm gonna have to start doing some tomatoes i'm looking forward to doing that hopefully I, i'm not quite sure what we're doing on that i'm not sure if that's water bath or if that's pressure canning so we'll have to talk about that in the near future you know jeff a lot of the questions we get are what are the differences between between dehydrating and uh freeze drying and why would they want to do one or the other getting prepared and cre and having a food stockpile can be expensive. There are different tiers. I mean, you can start at the dollar store and buy cans of food or whatever you need there and put that up. We see a lot of people doing that. I tell people, take advantage of the bargains that you can get. I'm somebody that pre I prefer personally to make my own food and preserve it for the long term on my own for a few reasons. First of all, I control what ingredients go into these cans. Everything that I know I preserve I can pronounce every ingredient. Uh, you can also tailor what you're making to suit your family. People have friends and family members that have food preferences or special uh, limitations to what they can have. I put very little sodium in my food. If you buy commercially processed freeze-dried food, you're going to find the sodium content is very high. In fact, if you go to SuzanneCSherman.com, and look under the blog section, I have an article there about the dangers of long-term food storage products that are commercially available. 
specifically with regards to the sodium content. So do check that out. Again, that's on SuzanneCSherman.com. So, you know, you can start with your own foods and you can freeze them. That's what I started doing, Jeff. And coincidentally, with my tomato crop when I was living in California, I started freezing the tomatoes, making tomato stock and that sort of thing. Then I started something else. I decided to dehydrate them. And we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between dehydrating and freeze drying after our break from our friends at Anchor FM. I thought you were gone, that you would move down, but you're here on my caller ID. I'm not surprised your delusional mind thinks it might be all right to call me. Walk away Pretending things will be okay All right, folks, a lot of people think dehydrating and freeze-drying are very similar. And while they do take the moisture out of the food, with regards to long-term preservation, they have some significant differences that if you don't pay attention to them, they can make you very ill. Dehydrating foods is an inexpensive way to start adding to your toolbox of long-term food storage techniques. So Jeff, last night I started the process of freeze-drying my very first batch of food in the Harvest Right freeze dryer. And now I'm not turning this into an infomercial, but the simple fact of the matter is the only available way to purchase a freeze-drying piece of equipment is through Harvest Right Freeze Dryer. That's the only one available for in-home use. So I started that yesterday and I started to process through some of my old cans that I have and you should be rotating through these. So I processed a batch of cowboy caviar. I went through a lot of cans of black beans and black eyed peas and other ingredients and that's processing right now. Once this is finished, I will package it with oxygen absorbers in some mylar bags and also some canning jars. I'll put some in a canning jar so you can see it. This is significantly more effective for long-term storage. You can keep this food for 25 years, much longer than you can when you dehydrate foods. I prefer to dehydrate things like herbs and leafy greens. I have used my food dehydrator to make elk jerky, for instance. But I find if you don't store it properly, it will get moldy. Once you freeze dry your food, you put an oxygen absorber in there. And like I said, you can store it for up to 25 years. So Jeff, I'm really interested in seeing how, how this recipe comes out. I took a, a sample of it. I took a quick bite of it and one piece had a little bit of moisture left in it. So I put it back in and I, I'm just looking forward to this. The advantage over, for instance, pressure canning, you know, I love to pressure can is from what I'm hearing is the freeze-drying foods retain their nutritional value much longer than when you can them. The shelf life will be longer. I have eaten some of my canned produce and products that have been six or seven years old so far, and I haven't had anything uh, that I would say is untoward. Is the nutritional value as much as when it was 
absolutely fresh? Probably not. But in a long-term situation where you might not be able to get to the store or when you can't get supplies at the store, we're seeing a lot of shortages. I think it's handy to be able to just open up a a nice can of pre-made elk stew. So I do enjoy that. I think I think, Jeff, the key is diversity of all of your preps, including your food storage, means of preparedness, and your supplies. What say you? Well, I would love to have a dehydrator. It's just not in the budget this time, and that is one of the considerations uh, for a lot of people. Budget is is going to drive what you're able to do. If it, you know, you may just be able to dehydrate, but you're going to have to make sure that you are prepared for not keeping it for long periods of times. So you may be able to do that jerky, but you just know you have to use it probably within a year. And as far as uh, pressure canning and stuff, again, it's just uh, very time consuming. And this dehydrator is probably going to be a lot less uh, time that you have to stand there and watch it do its thing. You probably have to put the stuff in there, start it, and you just walk away from it. Where pressure canning, you are pretty much stuck in the kitchen for a few hours. Yeah, that's that's your day. Because if you walk away from a pressure canner and that thing's rocking and rolling and something untoward happens, that could be a very disastrous situation. So pressure canning is something that you really need to be there for. Plus, you have to get the timing right. And one thing I found with the freeze dryer is, Jeff, you just push and play. You get your food in there. You follow the basic instructions. And this thing does all the thinking for you. We're having a storm right now. Our power cut out four times last night. I have a generator, but it still cuts off the power before it it fires right up. So there were four separate power interruptions. How do I know? The freeze dryer told me, but it powered right back up when the generator fired up again and it kept on going. So I was worried that maybe it would shut down and I would have to keep starting the process over and over. So I was really pleased to see that it kept working overnight. So I think, as you mentioned, the cost. When you came out here for PrepperCon a few years ago, remember I put in for the raffle for one of those, and I just knew I wasn't going to buy one because they were too expensive. But as the political and social climate keeps uh, changing, we're seeing inflation right now, we're seeing food shortages. I thought this is the time to get one. I also took advantage of an 18 months, same as cash. As we're talking about inflation, folks, if there's something and something that you need, and there is an offer where they will give you money for free for a short amount of time, and you can make those payments, absolutely take advantage of that offer if you can work it out. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the compare and contrast between freeze drying and other methods of food preservation after this break to thank our musical sponsors, Roxanne. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com.
poisoned your mind Then left you behind I told you the tables would turn Now don't look to me for sympathy Cause baby that bridge has been burned Don't try to explain the dead and the pain Like always your words are just hollow Jeff, I think cost is probably the biggest barrier for most people getting into freeze drying. I saw one person post a question in one of the preparedness forums I I like to lurk in, and they asked if you could do freeze drying just using a freezer, and the answer is unequivocally negative. When you take the food out of the freezer, it's going to thaw out. The moisture isn't taken out, so there's no substitute for the absolute process of freeze drying where the food is frozen in the machine and then a vacuum takes all the air out of there and heats it and keeps it in there until all the moisture comes out. At that point, you put it in pouches, you put it in canning jars or however you want to store it with your oxygen absorbers and then that will last you. But I have to say price is the main barrier to that. It was for me. Pressure canners have gone up significantly. I'm seeing them for almost $300 now. I got my All-American 21 quart for uh, about $100, and this was maybe 10 years ago. So that's a big barrier. Dehydrating, that's probably going to be your entry-level means for food preservation. Really important to know, if you dehydrate food, when you put it in storage, if you vacuum seal it, put it in a, with a, if you put an oxygen absorber in there, there are bacteria that thrive in anaerobic environments. So it's really important. You don't want to put that. You want to put a moisture absorber like a desiccant in there, but never an oxygen absorber. So I think, um, Jeff, that's really what we've got so far on this. This is just kind of an introduction to us. Yeah. I have a question about it. Yeah. So when you got take that bag out, say you freeze dried a bag of uh, green beans and you want to use it. So do you just put it dry right into your stock and put it in for a, say you're going to make a stew and you're going to have green beans and you have carrots. You have carrots freeze dried as well. And you have some potatoes freeze dried. And so you have all those bags, you get them all together. Are you just dropping them right in your stock and making a stew with them with your freeze dried meat? There are a couple approaches you can take to that. Typically, if I'm making a big vat of soup or stew or something like that, and if I have to rehydrate something or add pasta, you'll notice that if you put the pasta in there, for instance, and you're making a noodle soup, that pasta can absorb a lot of the stock or the liquid. So if you have enough stock as your base and you want those foods to absorb more of the stock, absolutely. Otherwise, you can just put them in a little bowl of water and let them rehydrate and then put them in whatever else you're making. They will retain. I took a bite of this cowboy caviar, what I have so far, and it tastes exactly like it did when I made it. The only thing is it was just dry and crunchy. It's a really weird thing. I've never had freeze-dried food like that before. And somebody had asked me, is this going to taste like astronaut food? And I can only imagine they probably bought one of those, you know, store-bought freeze-dried meals and weren't impressed with with the um, quality of the product. And so far, I think from what I've tried here that I just made yesterday, I'm really happy with it. I found uh, ease of use, very easy. I'm learning a couple little mistakes I made along the way. 
when you're done and after you've opened it and it defrosts, the water drains from the bottom of the appliance and you have to have, and there's a hose that you can put in the bucket. Well, I have my freeze dryer on a stand with casters, but the stand isn't very tall. So it's, it's on the floor. So I'm going to have a hard time draining this. Right now, I improvised, adapted, and overcame, and I have the tube going into a roasting pan because I don't have to get it up and over the lid of a bucket. So I might want to modify that a little bit and see if I can make it easier to drain when I have to open up the vacuum valve. The other problem I'm noticing is I only have one large pantry, and I have a dedicated 20-amp circuit, circuit available in there where the freeze dryer and the pump are operating. Problem is the pump gets a little warm and it's bringing the room up to a temperature that is pushing the envelope or it's no longer optimal for all the canning jars that I have filled in there. So I've got a couple options I'm going to play around with. The first thing I did so I could get through this batch was I got a fan out of my garage and I have the fan on keeping that cooled down and that seems to have done the trick. So I'm also going to play around with just wheeling it across my living room and putting it in the mudroom. That will be well ventilated. I can open that room. So I kind of have some competing interests here. I have a freeze dryer that warms a room up, and then I have canning jars that I need to keep cool. The furnace is also in that room, but I don't use my furnace. My wood stove's really efficient. Ultimately or optimally, you'd never want to have your furnace in there with your canned goods because it can get it too warm. So I just keep the room open. I keep a fan on it and just working with this. I don't have a room that I can separate all this with, but we're making it work. So I'm looking forward to getting started. The other thing that I plan to do is, Jeff, I think we did a Facebook Live where I was egg glassing, where you take pickled lime and water and store eggs in the long term. So we have several dozen eggs that I've put up in March. And the next thing we're going to do is check those, take them out. And if those are still in good condition, I'm going to freeze dry those. And we'll talk about how that works. So everybody, I hope you're uh, intrigued and want to follow us along with our adventures in freeze drying and, and food storage as we expand our library here and uh, more tools in the toolbox. So I'm Suzanne Sherman. And on behalf of Jeff Johnson, I want to thank you for listening to the Red Hot Chili Prepper podcast today. God bless you.